Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello there and welcome to the WP Builds podcast once again. This is episode number 230, entitled K is for Killer Tips. It was published on Thursday the 20th of May 2021. My name's Nathan Wrigley and as usual, just before we begin, a few bits of housekeeping. Head over to our main website, wpbuilds.com. Over there, you're going to find all sorts of content that we produce each and every week. We produce a podcast. It's what you're listening to now every Thursday. We also do a Monday show called This Week in WordPress, and you can find us live doing that. And we repurpose that and put that out as an audio podcast and a video over on our YouTube channel. If you would like to stay up to date with the things that we produce, the best way to do that is to go to wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe. And over there, you'll find links to all of the ways that we produce our content. So there's our Facebook group, our YouTube channel. There's some lists that you can subscribe to to keep updated and so on and so forth. So that's wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe. If you're in the market for a WordPress product or service this week, you might want to go to the WP Builds deals page because it's a bit like Black Friday, but every day of the week over there, you're going to find coupon codes for all sorts of WordPress related products. And you never know, you might be able to find something exactly to your liking. WPBuilds.com forward slash deals. And lastly, if you are interested in advertising on the WP Builds podcast, and why wouldn't you be? You may well have a product or service in the WordPress space and you would like to put it in front of a WordPress specific audience. Well, you can do that. WPBuilds.com forward slash advertise. And if you fill out the form over there, we'll be in touch and we'll see if we can work things out. A bit like these two companies did. The WP Builds podcast is brought to you by Termageddon. When you build contact forms for client websites, you may be forcing that client to comply with multiple privacy laws. Rather than avoiding discussing the importance of privacy policies with your clients, try out Termageddon, the auto-updating privacy policy generator. The best part is that Termageddon gives web agencies a free set of their policies forever in the hope that you like their product and use their reseller or referral programs to help your clients get protected too. Your clients get protected? You make more recurring revenue. Go to termageddon.com and click the Agency Partners page to receive your free license today. And A-B split test. Do you want to set up your A-B split test in record time? The new A-B split test plugin for WordPress will have you up and running in a couple of minutes. Use your existing pages and test anything against anything else. Buttons, images, headers, rows, anything. And the best part is that it works with Beaver Builder, Elementor, and the WordPress block editor. Check it out and get a free demo at absplittest.com. And we do thank our sponsors for their support putting on the WP Builds podcast each and every week. 
Okie dokie, let's get on with the podcast proper, shall we? We're going through the alphabet, the A to Z of WordPress, as we're calling it, and we finally got to the letter K, and what better for K than killer tips? What we did is David reached out to our Facebook group. You can find that, by the way, at wpbuilds.com forward slash Facebook. And over there, he asked the question, have you got any fabulous killer tips that you deploy and use when you're building WordPress websites? And many, many people reached out. So that's what this episode is about. User-generated content, some fabulous ideas, and we throw in a few ideas of our own. Many of these I really had never thought of, and so it's a really actually useful episode for once. K is for Killer Tips, episode number 130. I hope that you enjoy it. Hello, it's another A to Z of WordPress, the series where we attempt to cover all the major aspects of building and maintaining sites with WordPress. Today is K for killer WordPress tips, and we're cheating a bit here. It's been a while since we've had a chat where we featured the thoughts of the WP Builds Facebook group. So interestingly, before I looked into this topic, I researched a few articles that gave tips and see if there was anything there. And just luckily, our group seemed to have just covered everything that was mentioned in all these other articles. So yay to our group. Yeah, that's amazing. What a what a fabulous bunch of people they are. And there's a t- whole ton in here that I would never, ever have come up with myself. I know. And some really, it's a lot of simple stuff that perhaps a lot of people say, wait, I just know that it's basic stuff. But it just I made me think it just depends where you are on your journey. And again, for me as well, there's some stuff that I haven't paid much attention to some stuff is just yeah it's obvious isn't it so it's an interesting one anyway yeah. we've we've organized this a little bit so we've got sections we've got using wordpress then we've got a bit on design i asked somebody really if they would contribute to that because that's not our strength um tools and resources and business and clients so we'll kick off with the using wordpress okay sounds good Hmm. Well, we got first is Tom Carlos. And what he's saying is pointing out that when you now upload a plugin that's already installed, WordPress lets you compare the versions and choose which one you want to use. Where previously, so this is quite new, I think only a few versions back that this came in. Um, but before that, if you tried to upload a plugin when you've got it, it just said, uh-uh, you've got this, go away. And you would have to do it through HTTP or something like that. So yeah, a good feature that clearly a lot of people don't know about. Yeah, I when you said that one, I was trying to imagine why I would need this. And then you said, well, yeah. maybe if you're installing a beta version of a plugin, which is not the most up-to-date version, then knowing that that's what you're doing would be quite helpful. Yeah, or you've got your plugins from a dodgy source. Oh, <laughs> don't. <laughs> no, but I used to use a plugin that was great for this. Um, I think it was called something like Easy theme and plugin upgrades and it used okay. to allow you to bypass what was in WordPress but now I can get rid of it just does it so I think that's a good one because a lot of people would have missed that I'm sure yeah and is that just a simple text printout saying you've got this in this version with the number and then this is the version you're trying to install here's the number yeah basically okay. yeah it's just a little well a little box comes up in your dialogue just to say this is what you have and that, you know so you can see which one you install it doesn't give you right. i don't think it gives you any more information on that maybe it gives you a link yeah i guess you wouldn't really need a lot more than that but good no. good to know nice yeah. nice little nice little feature built in yeah been a big time saver for me mm, yeah. good um yeah camo jones 
um, with one which we've talked about, we've confessed to, which is uncheck the discourage search engine settings when going live, of course. Yes. Do you, I don't know if this is my SEO plugin or not, but these days, whenever I have that enabled on a website, that is to say discourage search engines is enabled, I have a red warning box in the admin bar that's, I can't remember what it says, but it's, it, it, it alerts uh, yes. me in no uncertain terms that that is disabled. And I'm thinking that's a that's an SEO plugin doing that helpfully. I don't think that's standard WordPress behavior. Yeah, you know, you're right. It's, I think it's in Yoast. It's definitely in SEO Press as well. So yep. it saves you from forgetting that. It's um, an odd one as well. If you have a coming soon plugin, you can often leave that as it is. You know, you don't have to discourage. So and that's why I get... That's why I've got confused before, because it's been a routine to turn that off. And then I've got into using a coming soon plugin where it's not going to pick up on it anyway. It's only going to pick up on the coming soon page, which sometimes I want that to happen, you know. So, yeah, so I, yeah, it's, it's just one you have to check, I think, every time you go live. It needs to be on the SOP, doesn't it? Right at the end, more <laughs> or less the last thing you do. But you're, you're absolutely right. I have done this multiple times. Uh, and the reason... I think is it's just because it's such a benign little checkbox buried yeah. inconsequentially in a settings menu. It kind of it sort of yeah. fades into insignificance, and unless you force yourself to go and check it, it just well, it just doesn't yeah. get unchecked, and so yeah. there it is. Yeah. Now I'm going to let you say the next one because I always say the name incorrectly. Well, I'm going to say the name, and then I'm going to leave you to express what it's about. I'm going to try this. I apologise if I butcher your name, but I'm going to say Didu Shol. I'm sure you've Let's got that right. Let's hope that's his name. Oh yeah. Oh, I really like him. He does some great work. He's a developer. So the, his tip really is aimed at developers. He says, since WordPress version 5.2, you can't see the errors when you're developing. So then you would need to turn on WP debug, something that he does all the time as he's a developer. But funny enough, he's really made a tip for me because I'm the sort of person who needs to be protected from making my own errors. And it actually is the same. It's version 2.5 when they introduced the PHP error protection. So you couldn't get the white screen of death if you're in your functions PHP doing what I do, copying and pasting somebody else's code into there. So yeah, yep. so, so if you're a developer, then you probably want to turn off the feature. If you're someone like me, then now you can kind of go in and you can't make a mistake in in your functions PHP if you do, you know, generally it protects you if it's bad code. It's yeah, just, yeah. It if you put up. something that doesn't doesn't get escaped or something like that, it works it out and doesn't allow you to yeah. to save it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's nice. It's still a relatively, I think probably in the last year, is it, that update? Yeah, yeah. I, I have a memory of it being, uh, maybe. was it with the site health check it came? Was it at the same time as that? Possibly. Yeah. Anyway, recently, you're certainly yeah. right. It wasn't, it wasn't a long time ago. It was fairly recently, yeah. Okay. So we got a bit of a list now because I didn't really specify in the group what you needed to add. So Colin uh, Needham's gone through a whole bunch of points that he thinks are yeah. important. So first one is, and I had to research this a bit, um, set the time zone to country of origin. And also Louise uh, Findlay also came in and said that setting the country is better than choosing UTC on some plugins. So I, I didn't actually know what that meant. You came up with the answer, I think, which was daylight saving. 
Um, yeah, so I'm guessing that if you just set UTC or a time zone as opposed to a country, then it, it can't know mm. if your country moves forwards or backwards now. I'm not entirely sure which countries on the planet use daylight saving, but certainly the UK does. And mm. uh, twice a year, the clock goes, well, it goes forwards an hour one time, it goes backwards an hour another time. And if you if it's crucial that you're scheduling posts at a particular time, Mm. then this is important. You know, you mm. need it to go out at midday and not one o'clock or 11 a.m. And and so you've got to set this up right. There's an interesting sort of peculiar thing about WordPress as well. As, as far as I'm aware, there may be plugins to fix this, but as far as I'm aware, the WordPress install can only have one time zone. Mm. So if I was, for example, to set up a, a WordPress website and it was based in London, the, the UK time zone, and I had people in Australia posting mm. and they wanted to schedule things to be coming out at a suitable time in the UK, they would have to go to the trouble of figuring uh, out what time that was uh, because as far as I'm aware, there's no way of doing it. I, I did notice next to mm. where you schedule a post, in other words, the time that you're scheduling it, there is a tiny, tiny bit of grayed out, grayed text which tells you what time mm. zone the the site is in but it's it's almost it's almost easy so easy to miss um but maybe there's a way of of actually setting that on a per user basis i don't know i've never really looked into that no i've not looked into it and i was trying to find out which one you should choose you know whether this is correct that you should pick the country rather than the utc and there was a bit of a story that i picked up on not that i fully understood it but it basically they didn't have proper support for this in the early days because be, uh, sorry, uh, <laughs> WordPress was uh, built on PHP 4, so it had mm. kind of restrictions there. So I, I think the upshot is they are right that we should be picking on the country of origin and using the UTC if there, there isn't that option available to us, yeah. Okay, okay. I mean, you're only going to go an hour astray, I would have imagined, so it's probably not the end of the world. I'm just trying to think of situations where the time might be really crucial, and I guess... I guess things like busy WooCommerce stores, having the time exactly right yeah. would be pretty important for tracking down things like, I don't know, invoices and receipts and things like that. So maybe maybe worth looking at. Yeah. Oh, we'll carry on with Colin's list, Hick. Um, we've got sure. Creator Backup, of course. Uh, he mm -hmm. suggests Updraft for that, another free plugin. Um, have a plugin to monitor security. WordFence is his recommended one. One here that I like, and I don't, I just haven't been consistent with this. Connect the site to Google Search Console and upload a sitemap. Mm. And yeah. Um, we talked a bit about this. I, I've now started to make that a thing that I always do with the clients. I make sure, obviously, they've got an account access to it. But I think now with Core Web Vitals coming in and we're getting a lot more interesting information about accessibility coming from Google, I think it's become a real essential thing to do. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. But just exactly as you described in the past, I've been a bit lazy. Yeah. It's really amazing how how crucial our sites are now connected to google i was talking to you about this yeah. before we hit record you know what with core web vitals and the search console and the business listings and everything that goes on it's google really is inextricably tied to everything that we build for our clients it's supremely important and uh, yeah. on the one hand that's great and on the other hand it's sort of slight pause for concern really yeah it, it is i think you know where it's tipped over for me what previously i didn't worry too much about that because if the clients weren't interested in talking to me about seo which most weren't 
then I felt like it wasn't my role any longer. But now it started to, I think I need to know a little bit about how the sites are performing for building right. other sites. And also, I think the accessibility stuff is, is stuff that, you know, impacts on my profession, even if I don't have a SEO relationship with the client now. So I think that's changed a lot yeah. for me. Yeah. 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 Um, test your forms is another one of Collins, of course. Um, compress your images. That that's a big one, I think, for me. I think that's the key thing to performance, really. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. And nowadays, so easy to to do with with automated plugins and what have you. Set it and forget it type stuff. Uh, there's all sorts yeah. of different solutions for that that we've talked about on previous episodes. Yeah. You know, Smush and Short Pixel and oh, yeah. a whole bunch of others. Yeah, good idea. Uh, going back to the forms one, I've uh, mm-hmm. uh, on a whole multitude of websites in, in error, kind of duplicated forms, and then realised the, you know, the recipient <laughs> address was completely wrong because I've duplicated it and forgotten to set that up. So that's that's <laughs> one to test when you test the forms. Testing the forms though can be a bit awkward, can't it? Because you can, yeah. you know, to really test it, you want to see if the recipient actually receives it. And so that requires an email chain and, right, I'm about to send you a form. <laughs> yes. Uh, will you respond to say that you've received it? It can be a, quite an awkward, you know, and a lengthy procedure. You know, a week later, they still haven't replied and you've forgotten <laughs> all about it. They forgot about it. So you never quite did test the form and you know, yeah, all yeah. that's involved in that. Yeah, usually what I do is when the site's up, I fill in one of the forms on the site with a thing saying, please acknowledge that you've got this. But at the same time, because it's going through another service, Mailgun, I can check that it's been accepted and delivered on that side at least. So I've got a good yeah. understanding whether they've likely to received it. So, but that's the best. That I was a do. nice tip, though. You just st- snuck in there. So you send them a form. Yeah. asking them to respond to the form that's genius <laughs> right well that's that problem solved why did i never think of that okay right fine um yeah so and the last one of collins is uh, a good one actually i think this um for accessibility make sure buttons links and text are not too small on mobile and yep. uh, well you know search console will come and tell us actually if our buttons are too small i think these days yep yeah yep. you get all sorts of interesting information do you do you receive kind of periodic emails about things like that? Yeah, I've had the odd one. I think we mentioned this before. You had it as well, and when I think I've ignored it. Something about text yeah, being too it, small. Yeah, it was definitely small text on mobile, and and I'm I'm not entirely sure what what it was that they were talking about because I went to the page on a mobile device, and mm. and you really would to have have been hard of sight. I I really couldn't see anything wrong with it. So I'm not sure what the what the stipulations are, what the algorithm was that was at play there. But anyway, it alerted me to the fact that I, I had to think about it. But I didn't adjust anything, and I never received any more information about it. So I'm I'm just hoping it goes away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think sometimes things in Search Console, particularly I've noticed this with uh, Core Web Vitals, as now some results are coming in uh, if you don't agree with them. I mean, I, the things I just couldn't change and I just go and say it's fixed and the next thing I'm passing, you know. So, yeah, I don't, right. think, it, I don't think it's perfect in what it picks up no, on. No, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, David McCann's next um, with a user starter site uh, for time saving. Um, you can, no. Yeah. No. Yes, I know you're wrong, but he is... He and me are right on this one. Well, it's it's me versus the rest of the world. <laughs> We've been through this before, haven't we? My my yeah. simple desire to set up a WordPress website involving 
absolutely every step. <laughs> I, I have no idea why I enjoy doing that. I find it quite cathartic. It's one of the most brainless activities that I can do in my week, but I, I quite like doing it and pasting in the license keys and all of that. I know, very sad. So David is right. You are right. I am wrong, but I'm but, not going to change it. <laughs> but you know what? Actually, interestingly enough, there is a danger when you have it all set up and you repeat it. So you don't get into these conversations about whether things have changed um, when it comes to things like time zones, etc. because you just don't start fresh again any longer so well that's a really good point and not one that i that that i would love to say that that's the reason i did it so that i could be absolutely certain i'd got everything right it isn't that it is simply that i kind of just enjoy doing it but you do notice the, the tiny minor ui changes and that when things yeah. in in core do move around a little bit you do spot them yeah um but in all honesty it's so rare it's not worth doing but yeah. uh, anyway, you're right. Dave is right. I back down, but um, I'm not <laughs> going to change. <laughs> I'm an old curmudgeon. And the last one under this section is Jay Ovins Hennig, who's uh, doing a bit of a self-plug, actually. He offers some stuff later as well. But he has a plugin called Admins uh, Page Spider, which allows you to navigate around your WordPress quickly by lots of kind of drop-down menus. So, But I think basically what you're saying is worth looking around at some of the options that there are out there you know, to kind of speed up your workflow I, i've got yeah. into using assistant by the beaver builder team as doing a similar job just to get round. yeah it, especially especially if you're in if you're new to wordpress you probably have the impression that the wordpress ui is the only way it can be and of course yeah. there's a whole range of plugins you just mentioned beaver builders assistant and and uh, jay mentioned his own admin page spider there are labor saving ways of of having extra things in your admin area so that you can get to certain things that you want. As an example, his plugin offers a yeah. great big long list of all the pages so that you don't have to go back to the dashboard, click pages, and then locate the right one. You can see them all in a drop down from the admin bar, and it's very helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Particularly as page builders go, we spend more time in WordPress in the front end, going from front to back and stuff like that. So it is worth sometimes seeing what's going to fit with you, I think, for those yeah. kind of tools. There's, yeah. there's been a lot of things hasn't there um david von Gries had his uh plugin to do this and you've mm. got things from uh, arindo duque from wp ultimo ways of modifying the dashboard and yes. and what have you and i guess if i guess if this is maybe this is a top tip for somebody you know customize the dashboard for your your clients might be a might be a really nice tip just so that you you save yourself problems in the future of them not being able to navigate their way around things yeah absolutely should we move on to the design section? So I kind of really asked for some basic tips here and, and really Chantel, Chantel Edward Betsy was the person who picked up on this because I know it's her kind of area. She makes very pretty sites. So Thank you, Chantel. Yeah, so really I think she she gave kind of three points, but I think basically she's saying get a system. So um, yeah. first she was saying about, typographic scaling that she's using being able to choose kind of these base font size and being able to scale these up and down and i guess she's also talking about line heights and just having a system to do that um it's definitely do you know honestly it's only like four months ago i mean how many years have i been kind of building websites that i started to seriously look into a system rem based in my case to try and organize this so when i move from styling either from mobile to the desktops you know that i have some kind of system so it all you know fits together and doesn't go wonky 
Yeah, it's interesting because you're four months ahead of me because <laughs> I, I still haven't got a system like that. I, I kind of feel that in the days when things were done in the customizer and you just had your theme and you set everything up in the customizer, you were kind of less likely to to go wrong. You would get things, uh, whether or not it was as Core Web Vitals would have it, um, it, it would it was something that you were happy with. You set it up over there, and then you just used the classic editor, wrote your content, and it, it came out looking how it should look. All the H1s were that size, and all the H2s and the paragraphs were that size. Mm-hmm. But with the advent of page builders, mm. so easy to have pages where everything looks completely different because you've simply forgotten what yeah. it was that you set up on each individual page. And so having something, as Chantal says, where you, you make the effort and you write it all down and you think about it gives you, gives you well, I guess we're coming back to that with, with page builders having sort of global, global mm. options and things like that. But, um, yeah, interesting. Yeah, she also mentioned something which I haven't looked up. In fact, I'm just Googling it now quickly. But she says something about look out for perfect fourth scale, her personal favorite. Perfect favorite. fourth scale, like the number four. Yeah. Oh, um, I don't know. So, I've never heard what so that is. Maybe in typography. I need to look that up later. Sorry about that. Yeah. I didn't do it. Uh, our next point was also about accent colors, about being, oops, being just that accent, uh, used for accents. <laughs> Sorry, Nathan, I'm just la- laughing here because I moved my arms and pulled my headset out. podcasting error 101 don't have the wire particularly i've done that kind of thing so many times i try to sit absolutely stock still so that i don't knock anything but sometimes it's really hard anyway sorry accent colors yes yes well yeah make she's saying make them accents and i I understand what she's talking about don't you if you want something to call out on your page you don't want too many random colors around on your page else otherwise they're not going to focus on that often it's a very shouty out clear color for a call to action button that you really want to stand out so i think i understand what she's saying but so is she basically saying be minimal and use it sparingly yeah i think she's saying that and i you know i mean maybe she's also talking about the idea that again something i need to look into there are systems for this and i've ignored it um to get a kind of color palette that you use and you know, to have a a logic to those because we talked about this ourselves off mm. offline about um, yeah, we to- often come to a button and then you want the hover over color for that and you kind of just because you're in the page builder you just darken it a little bit and then <laughs> you forget about it, move to the next button. Yeah, so the next button is is you know that you want the buttons to be darker on the hover state, but you're not exactly sure what the hex value was. So you, my technique yeah. for that is basically in in the sort of color picker, so long as I know the original color, and, and I can't forgive myself for that, that the original color has to be right because the buttons all yeah. have to be the same color. Yeah. Then I basically just go darker by about half a centimeter on the screen. <laughs> yeah. I go south about yeah. half a centimeter, and that's about it. Yeah, that's how it kind of works for me. But it's nice if you've got a palette that you set up in there. I mean, yeah. there's so, so many tools around there, so many great online um, palette generators and, and get a logic to how you set them up. But anyway, right. I, um, and the other point of Chantal's was about, you know, using white space. Uh, she's making the point that it isn't 1995 any longer. You know, we people are used to scrolling and having things spaced out. And I absolutely agree. And having some kind of method as well to maybe setting out your sections, the kind of spacing that you might have 
and that you have a, a again it's more about the systems that she's saying she might pad things out on our sections to the 90 to 100 pixels or on the on the mob on the desktop sorry and then she would mm -hmm. have uh, settings that she would go to for tablet and mobiles and these would be some sort of standard spacing and i, I think that's really important as well something i've been bad at yeah do you when you do this so as an example Chantal wrote down mm. as for illustration purposes maybe on desktop you'd have padding of rows of 70 to 100 pixels mm. tablets maybe 35 to 50 mm. um, and then mobile 20 to 30 pixels we're talking here mm -hmm. um, so she's obviously got those anecdotally in her head I'm wondering if she just has them passed away in her head and then when she comes to build things she just knows what she wants to do or if she's got some sort of system of I don't know pre-configured uh, modules for her page builder which uh, last uh, time I heard she was still using Beaver Builder so that yeah. she can drag them in and they're already pre-configured to be like that. Yeah, I think she does both. We have membership on Page Builder Summit mm. as well. She was talking about the fact that she does save some design elements out, so maybe a bit of both in that. And I, I must admit, I started to do that, set these spaces, and, and I kind of know them in my head. And then I stuffed myself up by experimenting and moving more to uh, percentage-based layouts with stuff. So I've kind of <laughs> started again from scratch. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> you've forgotten what you've set where. <laughs> yeah, so I'm still working out. I find percentages are quite a nice way of getting spaces, the same as REMs are quite a nice way of being able to, with one setting, change the, the view and have it all look the same for different yeah. devices. But yeah. yeah, it's still a lot to work on because I guess, you know, um, kind of support issues are there with that. But anyway, that's enough. But basically, I think what Chantel's saying is for those basic things of color, scaling, and space, uh, sorry, type color and space you know get a system and yeah yeah, yeah. good advice uh, uh, yeah uh we've got what else have we got in here we've we're got, back to jay we're back to jay as well yeah so he has come up with some other stuff not all plugs um he says try designing for mobile first saves a lot of hassle um with that kind of stuff i i agree it's interesting this is a big topic isn't it mobile first because yeah. we can be talking about how we go about coding things or whether we, how we go about thinking of the design. But um, yeah. Do you know, I really haven't been following the statistics about how mobile is adopted. I mean, we all know that mobile is the, is the, the, the preferred method for almost everybody. But yeah. I don't know how, if that curve is still going up or if it's kind of settled a bit, oh. um, you know, whether or not mobile is absolutely guaranteed to be the, the way that people are consuming your website first. I'm, I can only imagine that that trend's going to get bigger and bigger. Yeah. It's funny. I was looking at the statistics for B2B site that I look after only the other day, and I just noted that their mobile use, they, were, they always had some, but largely it was for, they were viewing their site from their offices in working office hours time. And I saw no increase in their mobile rate, which is right. quite low, about 10% yeah. for them. Yeah. So okay. I don't know don't know about the I, mm. it's bound to be i mean you know i'm in india you know and you see the you know the growth more and more people uh you know whoever you are in india can now get a mobile phone and get connected to the internet so i think it yeah it's grow. interesting i have a i have a relationship with my phone where just because it's in my pocket i end up kind of browsing on the internet uh. but i i i increasingly find a lot of the things that i need to do frustrating on the internet and mm. and quite often I find myself 
almost like note to self, go back to this website on desktop and complete what it is that you want to do over there. So I'm, I'm kind of using my mobile phone as a conduit to discover things. You know, it may be that I see something on Facebook or Twitter and I'll go over there and explore it. And then I think actually for a better experience of this, I'll wait until I'm on a desktop. Mm. Um, maybe that's slightly unusual, but I do feel that mobile is so much more accessible yeah, mm. uh, just because it's in your pocket all the time. But I, I, I wonder what the what the percentage of you know concerted effort on a website is on mm. mobile as opposed to desktop. I don't know. Yeah, well, I'm in a village, and I'm pretty sure that I, my wife and I will be the only people in this village who will look at a desktop. Everybody else, the internet is what is in their mobile. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you it's, it's an interesting. It. But also, you might be right. There might be another trend that, I, that a lot of people want to not use their mobile so much. You know, break away from from things like that you know well that does Facebook. seem to be a common trope yeah. at the minute people are talking about overconsumption of of technology and yeah. trying to limit things and um yeah, yeah. I, I don't know but but i still feel jay is right building yeah. for the mobile first does seem like a sensible strategy because of where we are right now yeah it does yeah also he's got one that i like which is don't overcomplicate things animations and transitions and fancy stuff like that are attractive but best used conservatively so yeah best best to learn the basics first isn't it and then if you if you've got that right then you can start to add on the other stuff well it's this is interesting as well because i feel that we're kind of almost coming full circle and maybe we've taken about 4 or 5 years to do this circle but Three or four years ago, a lot of these animations and things were just beyond most people. You know, you yeah. had to actually get into the code and learn uh, CSS or JavaScript, CSS yeah. transitions and so on. And, you know, it's a bit fiddly and maybe the time spent on that could have been better used in some other way. So they all of this stuff got rolled into page builders and it was really cool. And there was lots of <laughs> yeah. fabulous things that could be done with page builders. And... Um, and then I'm just wondering if people now are just a bit fed up of them. You know, they want they want less distraction. They want things to be more static on the page just because it's a bit less strain, a bit less for your eye to get drawn away from the main event and so yeah. on. And so now I see less dramatic transitions and far more subtle transitions. They're still there, but they're very much, you know, a minor fade or a slight movement in horizontal space or something yeah. as you scroll. But it, it would appear that the overcomplicating things Maybe it was just a case of we can do this, so we will. And now we're coming out the other side and thinking, actually, most of that's just window dressing that diverts attention from what we actually want people to see. Yeah. And I, I think it goes a little bit with the people building the sites. More people are building sites for the first time on their own. And the, mm. you kind of, you know, it becomes about you rather than the visitor when you're new to it. <laughs> so you yep. kind of have to go through this and try all the cool stuff. And then, and then of course, you know, something like Core Web Vitals, which can very easily penalize you if you've got in your viewport lots of things moving around. <laughs> you know, people are wanting to pull yeah. it out again. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So maybe, yeah, don't overcomplicate. Is good advice, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And also, you're saying about avoid pop-ups. They're not working as effectively as they used to do, and they annoy uh, users. As I guess they've always annoyed them. But he's making. Uh, do, do you know? I I, I I I don't know about this because I think I think if they're invoked by the user, yeah. Let's say a button yeah. provides a uh, a form. Yes. You know, you clearly wanted the form. And being taken to another page might be more hassle than just seeing the form in a pop-up. So I guess what he's talking about there is the the unwanted yeah. pop-ups when you exit 
you know, the the exit in, in yeah. tents and things like that, all of that. And I, I totally agree with that. But I, I, I would sort of say I, th- I think there is a place for pop-ups, but usually when it's invoked by the user. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's a massive difference. Yeah, yeah. Good point. Um, hmm. The other one was, um, you know, he's working in marketing a bit these days, and um, he's saying, you know, one of the crucial things is just to bear in mind that above the fold real estate, it, it, you know, there's a lot of talk about this. People will scroll more these days. True, but it's really about what is in the top is going to be important to catch people's attention. And um, I, I'm completely with this. Um, and I've had some success. So a little tip of mine really is there's, there's a guy called Donald Miller who does story brand. I'm sure a lot of people know there are, there are mm. a couple of free videos. There's three of them that are five minute long called five minute marketing makeovers. And I send the link. I don't get the clients to sign up to it even because you can get directly to the links to show these videos. And they have been wonderful in doing what I can't do, which is to try and get the client to think about the homepage and the importance of that hero section. So yeah. So so this th- these three videos that you just mentioned, mm. this is something that's freely available. There's no opt-in or anything. Mm-hmm. You can just go, you could send your clients to this website. And, and what you're saying is that he does a great job of explaining the importance of this part of the homepage and that part. And he's just distilled it in a really consumable form, whereas yeah. you struggle to to describe why this is important and why that's not important and so on. Yeah, he has tons oh, more nice. credibility than me. And it's obviously a professional video, but you know, he just says, you know, this is where websites go wrong. He's marketing. This is, it's got to pass the grunt test, as he called it. People have got to understand what's there and the reason to carry on with it. And I think, you know, to try and get visitors, uh, sorry, to try and get clients to think about their visitors, it's always been quite tricky because they maybe come with the idea, I want a big slider on there just showing photos and I'll put the text below it. If they show them something like this video, they go, oh, it's really useful. And, And ultimately their ideas and the things that they put in terms of the copy on that is so much better from the client for me. So we're on the same page. So anyway, good tip. No, that's really useful though, because I do, I struggle to explain that. Certainly, yeah. It would be consuming my time to explain that. And yes. I don't think I'd do a very good job. And if you can just point somebody and say, look, go off, watch watch these three videos. It'll take you 20 minutes and then come back and we'll we'll talk once you've understood what, what all these components do and why they're supposed to be there. Yeah, they just sort of nice. buy into how he puts it. And I just think it's the last three builds I've done like that, I've shown it. And they've all said, oh, that's really good. And I think the way they talk to me and what they offer for the homepage is clearly influenced by watching that. So good. Nice. Mm, yeah. Okay. Next section, tools and resources. And well, we haven't got so many with these ones, actually. We've got Brenda Malone has offered a couple of, uh, these are really great ones. ones that yeah, they are. Um, the first one is formstyler.com, which is a site which basically allows you to grab the, you can style things within its interface for different types of forms and grab the CSS and add them to your site. Yeah, where has this been all my life? So it's so good. I mean, I genuinely had never heard of it before. But if you go there, uh, just like David said, it looks like the options currently are Ninja Forms, Fluent Forms, Gravity Forms, Peanut Forms, and Contact Form Seven. And you mm. do you just you just muck about with the the styling. So you, I don't know, you want to change the field uh, 
background colors or the, the border width or whatever, you know, the normal stuff that you would do to style a form. And then it just spits out the CSS. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, lots of people love that one. She's she's somebody who always knows about these kind of little tools. I don't know how she manages to. We're very happy to have her around, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah. And the next one that she came up with here, we just didn't understand, but now we get it, which was, oh, it's a long URL with this one, wpdevtools.io forward slash tools forward slash plugin dash explorer well, and, well said. Yeah, yeah and this um well when you look at it you just think what the heck's going on here yeah, what is it what's going on it's just all this kind of bubble tags all over the place but you can search it and find it's the search facility and the ability to be able to search through what's available i think only on the repository in terms of plugins so you know your interest you can put in there and then you can search through and you can see at a glance which ones have got high ratings which ones are kind of popular and it's really useful it really is it's genius but th- the thing is you've got to know to search yeah so it, it's like an old-fashioned flash tag cloud yeah where yes. the the bigger the the the, the plug-in the, the bigger the the bubble that the plugin is in, the the more um, more favorable it is. I, I think it's based upon the number of installs. You can change that, mm. so you can change the bubbles based upon the install base, the the user rating, or you can just make everything equal sizes. And and so I, for example, I just typed in the word speed, thinking uh-huh. you know it would then spit out things like uh, caching plugins and SEO and that kind of stuff. It does. It's brilliant. And then it just presumably goes and searches the repository for any plugin which has got the word speed attached to it in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. And it just puts them up. And so you can see this has got a rating of 4.8. This has got five, and it's big, so it must have lots of installs. I'll go and check that out. It's really good. Yeah, it is. Uh, right, well, we'll move on to the next one, which is Peter Ingersoll's. We've got a few bits and pieces in different sections, I think, from him. So his first one is the, uh, well, his top WP resources, the Kinsta blog. And I completely agree with, I do know all the searches I've been doing recently where it's been kind of more complex stuff. um, Mm -hmm. I've ended up landing on their pages and their blog posts are really good. So yeah. 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 Big shout out to the, yeah, they they do a lot of hard work making those blog posts. I think it's a, a testament to whatever, whatever team they've got going on there. Yeah, and they've got some videos as well, really well mm. made. Oh, yeah, and also he's got another plugin as well, which is, um, I don't know if I'll use this one so much, but it's a, a plugin called Find My Blocks to find blocks, to find plugins. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. we, we are going to get sort of into some sort of recursive loop, aren't we, where <laughs> got plugins to find plugins and blocks to find blocks. But uh, yeah, it says Find My Blocks is a WordPress plugin built to help find where you have used specific Gutenberg blocks on your WordPress website. So, Ah. you know, we're going to get to the point where if you can so simply install blocks inside the the Gutenberg interface, the block editor, I can well imagine there'll come a time when you maybe, you know, a client has got trigger happy and I don't know, maybe they want the dreaded slider. So they (laughs) type in slider and install a plugin and, and then on the next page, they want something else. And they so there's a plugin for that, or rather there's a block for that. And 67 blocks later, you've no idea what you've used where. Yeah. So the idea of this is, I mean, we've had this in with page builders and stuff, haven't we? You know, which pages are using <laughs> the page builder module and yeah. so on. So yeah, it's a nice, it's a nice idea. Uh, it's one for the future. Maybe not, maybe it's time is yet to come. Yeah. I've just snuck another one in by this guy called David Wormsley. 
<laughs> okay. my, my tools and resources. I'll just throw them in. Not really WordPress, but uh, codepen.io uh, is yep. a place that I go to so much. And also W3 schools just for just really avoiding another plugin. But those two places as a way oh, of being yeah. able to add some stuff in without having to get one more plugin uh, yep. are my top kind of re- resources these days. And W3 Schools seems yeah. to be the one where if I if I want to know anything about CSS, it and CSS tricks mm. always seem to be at the top. You know, if I've forgotten how to do something, it always gives me them as the uh, as, yeah. as the resource to use. And then you go and onto the page and check it out and try something and see if it works or not. They're great. Yeah, and there's some great. There's some, it's like CodePen a lot these days because there's some great working examples. So if you wanted an accordion that you just want to do with HTML or a CSS slider because you don't want a heavy slider plugin, then you can often just go and there and copy and paste their code. It's working. So yep. yeah, so I think they're a great resource. Just if you just want to keep down your plugins, which is usually one of yeah. our big problems, isn't it? Yeah. So, okay, next section then is... Can I throw one tool in quickly? Oh, yes, sure. Um, the one that I seem to be using more than I probably should, it's a site called Coolors. Ah. Uh, so it's C-O-O-L-O-R-S dot yes. C-O, and it's just a, a palette of five. Um, you can just click a button and it'll generate a random color palette, and it's, it's total voodoo. Every <laughs> time I click the button, I think, oh, I could use that. <laughs> and then I click the button and think, oh, I could use that. Oh, it's brilliant. I don't know what the algorithm is, but they're just very tastefully done. And then you can actually go in and modify. So you could lock a particular one yeah. of the five and then change the other ones. And you can change oh, all sorts of attributes of the yeah. colors on the adjacent ones. It's just very nice if you've not come across it and you want a super simple way to generate a color palette, which is quite tasteful, then this yeah. is worth it. And it's you know, the way it works as well. If you grab the URL with your colors in it, you've got yes. that for all time. So I use that yes. as my little color palette. Yeah, it's brilliant. I love well, it. I've actually, uh, there's another little thing. I paste that in to yeah. my um, styles.css file. I paste the URL yes. in. Yes, yes, me too. Oh, you do the same thing. So I paste it as a comment Yeah. Um, just so that it's, it, you know, invisible. But mm. there I've got a permanent record of what the, where I started out with the color palette. Yeah, isn't that weird we both do that okay yeah yeah it's only a recent thing for me as well yeah okay yeah Yeah. we have been doing it for a little while so you just paste it in as a comment it's hidden but it's got all the so the url is the hex value separated by hyphens if i remember rightly. yeah i think so yeah Yeah. nice trick yeah good okay business and clients we've got colin uh at at so yeah i'm got his full surname here but um yeah this really my favorite quick one um lean snack and master what you have Got mm. killer tip i think the most important one i've had to learn yeah settle on something that you like get good yeah. at it that seems to be the wisdom in in everything though isn't it it's yeah, not just yeah. wordpress websites it's just any walk of life find the thing that you're good at and just de- devote time to it and become become an expert uh, unless it's something which is truly going out of fashion yeah it's probably going to serve you well if you become really good at that one particular thing but it's, it's counter to, I guess, why a lot of people are so attracted to WordPress because it is just, you know, you're in a sweetie shop, aren't you, with all of these plugins and themes yeah. that you can try for free. And, uh, you know, it really can lead you down the wrong path for many years. I'm sure yeah. it did with me. So, yeah, getting back to that is, is I think, is a great tip for WordPress users particularly. 
Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Colin. Good advice. Yeah. Uh, Jen Harris. Am I saying that correctly? Uh, I think so. H e double r e s. Yep. <laughs> yeah. She's leading us on. Well, actually, the next two are very similar in a way. So she's saying, uh, never assume what the client says mean what you think it means. And she does tell a little bit of a story, which I've, I won't go into, but always uh, really dig into the details of expected behavior. So, yeah, this is just about client communication, isn't it? Ready here. Yeah, I think I think on the whole. I'm reasonable at intuiting what the client wants, but I'm not really, really good at it. And drilling down and being absolutely clear is is crucial. And you, you only learn that by having a client where you thought you were being clear and then they turn around and say, no, that's totally not what I meant. <laughs> yeah. um, and that's happened so many times. Really? Oh, really? What, you think that word means that? Oh, okay. <laughs> it's yeah. It's so much. Uh, even the colleague I work with has a habit of calling. Um, I think it's because what she worked with originally on the web. So links, what she was always calling them buttons. So I was always <laughs> for a long time misinterpreting what she said. And then there's yeah. the same with headers. So I've got yeah. this terminology. I know my header, and then I've got hero section. But for many, that hero section is their header. Yeah, uh, but 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 also it's like. It's really jarring when you meet a client who uses all the right terms. <laughs> you, you kind of think, hang on, what's going on here? This, is this an April Fool or have they just actually done a bit of research? I had a client, I'm sure I've mentioned this before, I had a client who, who thought that rows were called pages. <laughs> uh, so every pay, every pay, everything that I called a page, yeah. she thought was about seven or eight pages because it had seven or eight rows. And it was really hard to get her to understand anything because she kept using the word page interchangeably with row. Oh, yeah. <laughs> i tell you what, I mean, the ex expected behavior, I think is a good term that she used. She put that in quotes and I think maybe she's talking about uh, some, where someone might request a certain feature that they expect and you think, oh, that's going to work that way. But actually now I've learned a little bit to break that down into. So, you know, this slider, you want it to have a button. When that button's clicked on, what does it need to do? Uh, each thing, you know, break it down into. So when someone does this, what does it need to do? You know, which. Yeah, this is, this sort of gets back to the old kind of wireframes, doesn't it? And yeah. uh, all of those wonderful things that we used to have. And then an actual grayscale mock-up just yeah. so that you're on the same page. Okay, so when I click this button, it goes over to this page and there's a form on that page and you have to click. Yeah. yeah. But increasingly, I think because everybody is using the internet, everybody is a bit of an expert. Yeah, yeah. So they have their own opinion on how things should work. And if they're a heavy user of Instagram, they'll expect the, the UI of a website to be Instagram-y. And if they're a heavy Facebook user, they'll probably expect components of the Facebook UI to be on their website. It depends what their experience is. Yeah. I've recently with a client, it's still a job that's outstanding, but uh, I had to get somebody in to help me to do some JavaScript because they, they wrote down exactly what they expected things to do. And this guy helped me to put it together. I got some way and then I, you know, I can't do clever javascript stuff so so their brief they gave me it does exactly what it wants but when they came back to it they go oh no we were expecting this to shrink back when we clicked off it <laughs> you know and, right and right. it's, it's going to need to be redone the work that we did because really just needed to nail every element and not uh, assume you know what the, we you know we delivered what they asked for it's just that 
in their head they had different behavior yeah in their head they'd ask for something completely different yeah Yeah, but that is interesting because you do have to think about every possible every possible way that you can interact with any element so okay what what if we roll over it what if we touch it with our finger what if we then don't interact with it but touch away from it what does it do and and so on yeah there's so much to think about and our desired uh, and probably in in our case because we're so familiar with browsing around on the internet we're probably just relying on the most common tropes that we've seen yes so just the most common way of achieving that is to do this so that's what we'll do and they might like i said they might be they really want it to be like instagram because instagram's great and we want it to be like instagram and no it wants to be like twitter okay right let's let's figure it out um the next point really you touched on her point michelle sullivan so she uh, got a list here but basically you know profile your clients try and be a mind reader learn to become a good design mimic is one of hers Mm, nice Um, she said that if you ever get the feeling that a client won't like something then go with your gut with that that's her tip. Um, develop client ESP. As soon as you think about a client and how you might need to contact them about XYZ, do it immediately. She says nine times out of 10, a client will email you within hours, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah that's, a, that's an interesting approach. So she's more of the work it through yourself. <laughs> you know, if, if you run up against a problem, try to go with what you think is going to be the way to do it so she's saying go with your gut yeah and then the get the client to to be in a position to contradict you if they're wrong and she says nine times out of ten they'll get back with you straight back to you straight away interesting approach to doing it Ah, i think i think she's trying i mean in some way she's just trying to say you know be able to i mean i think the profile client that sounds a bit uh ominous but it's uh i think what she's trying to say is to get kind of in their head in their shoes try and understand them know where they're coming from and then you know if you you feel that the client it's i guess she's saying kind of learn your clients and what they like and try and get to understand them uh, get yeah. in their heads and then avoid <laughs> basically if you feel that they might contact you about something do it before they do and go with uh, what you think they might like don't go against you know what you feel about that client you know yeah yeah uh, i understand yeah yeah so yeah and she th- she threw in a couple of other ones which was uh, never cut and paste always copy and paste and i think that's so good yes. how many times have you accidentally cut and paste something and then filled the clipboard up with something and <laughs> realized oh it's gone forever <laughs> i mean i guess that's just yeah. in life don't Cut and uh, don't copy and paste. Cut and paste. <laughs> it's just so good. <laughs> it is. It's an obvious one, but yeah. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I think for years I used to. I didn't really know there was copy and paste. I'm sure I just cut and paste everything. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, lastly, um, I'm sure it's been said already, but have a backup. That was one of hers. Yeah. Yeah. I think everybody, including me later, is going to say have a backup. Yeah. Including a, an alternative career. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Almost everything there should be a backup, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We got Ulrich Christiansen um, next, where uh, yeah, I like his simple one, which was log everything and, uh, sorry, log everything that everyone is doing on your bloody site (laughs) yes um, log all the things including yourself logging yourself (laughs) Um, (laughs) no i know what he's he's on with here because sometimes you'll be working with multiple people something you and i don't generally have and you you know you just 
you know the clients in the middle they don't know who's broken what or uh with yeah. some kind of log. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> um and there are tools again out there to do that there's a wp security audit log which does log yes. what everybody's doing there's um we we use main wp and they've got child reports which is using a fork of a plugin that's out there as well so if you're not using that you could use the plugin called stream which mm -hmm. does the same it just tells you who's you know deleting and updating certain pages or you know etc so yeah i think that's a really good tip if you've got multiple people in there um <laughs> uh, luckily i main wp goes on from the beginning of my installs so i've usually got that and i mean it's it's not just a tool to figure out who's to blame but also what went wrong uh yeah. really useful i i don't make enough use of any of that because i generally am the only person tinkering with it you're, you're, and, you're and because i've broken. usually only got one client if it's not me that's broken it's them <laughs> so yeah but you can get into a tennis match of well i didn't do it well i didn't do it <laughs> yeah so it goes yeah peter ingerson as well um i've taken it from his other comments there he added another one which i don't know so well which is a plugin called simple history which i'm i think is is doing the same thing uh keeping yeah. up a log of what's going on yeah i've not looked at that one but i'll i'll put all everything we've mentioned today i'll put in as, as a link in the show notes ah we've actually done all of our sections so we maybe yeah. just got to tie up with what we think are probably out of these and our own our top tips i guess shall okay. i go first you go first oh shall i go first because yours go. are more well thought through than mine <laughs> okay and so we'll end on it we'll end on a good point <laughs> mine are just boring really um and they've been mentioned mainly already uh get get a backup yeah Get some kind of um, security set up in place, whether that's on the server or some kind of plugin. Just uh, another quick one is get the global palettes written down. But then we strayed into that with that coolers website that I mentioned yeah. earlier. So in some way, write that stuff down so that you have to do it over and over again. Um, get the SEO side of things sorted, and we talked about making sure that the search engines can crawl things, but also exclude all the things yeah. that you don't want websites to discover. So if you've got a sitemap, perhaps through an SEO plugin or something like that, I know WordPress now takes care of that for you, but make sure you've only got one sitemap and that it's not showing all the things that you really don't need it to show. Like, I don't know, you maybe don't need it to show archives of certain things if you've taken care of that in another way. Yeah. Um, and that's me. That's yeah. me. That, I think, that my top I think the worst one is to leave your templates on. So if you've used yeah. a pay builder and you've got your earlier versions <laughs> of your homepage created and you've not turned your templates off, Google could then be showing that to people. Oh, <laughs> good grief. grief. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Mm, yeah mine, actually, mine are pretty basic, really, uh, reflecting most of what's been said above. So my, I'm really with the keep things simple. I'm all about the basic learning stuff well and trying to avoid too much the plugin FOMO, you know, trying to learn the tools that you've got. Recently, I guess my top tip would be because we're all performance obsessed at the moment is to focus on the waterfall um, when you're doing speed tests and, and images. They're probably the areas that are going to help you most with that. But I think we'll be talking about this in the next chat that we're going to have. Um, okay. And yeah, the, and also the stuff with Chantel, the stuff that I need to sort out after all these years, I really need a kind of logical scientific system to make sure that my type colors and spacing are, are, um, are kind of logical, if you like. Okay. Yeah. Scientific system for, for something quite artistic. That's yeah. A, yeah <laughs> that's a, that's a nice, nice idea. Um, 
Shall okay, I, th- I think that one's probably done, is it? Are we through with K is for killer tips? K is for killer tips. It's done. Um, shall we talk about next time? Because Yeah, I, L. Yeah, I haven't confirmed with you that we're going for this one, but you've seen it before anyway. But uh, I've made it for loading, which is really, we could call it loading uh, pages faster. So essentially we're talking about performance but we need the letter p for plugins <laughs> <laughs> yes so it's gonna be that can't we just do l is for lazy and, and like record half an episode or something like that yeah so hopefully no, we'll get onto these performance things because i think it's the top topic at the moment and it is all really down to how wordpress and its various plugins and themes load things and i think that's quite a good topic to talk about yeah yeah nice mm. so that'll be in a in a fortnight two weeks time yeah um so K is for Killer Tips. Hope you enjoyed that. If you've got any thoughts, yeah, uh, obviously join us in the Facebook group and comment on the post and let us know what you think. I bet uh, bet there's loads of Killer Tips that <laughs> yeah. we we never solicited from you. Yeah. Thank you, David. That was a beautifully organised episode. Well done. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Thanks a lot. Okay. Well, I hope that you enjoyed that episode. It was an absolute pleasure, as always, chatting to David about these things. Loads and loads of tips. Perhaps we missed something crucial out. If so, head over to wpbuilds.com, find episode number 230 and put a comment down there. Or alternatively, you could go to our Facebook group, wpbuilds.com forward slash Facebook. You can again search for episode 230 and put a comment there. We'd be most interested to know what it is that we missed, what you thought about the tips that we included, and so on. The WP Builds podcast was brought to you today by Termageddon. When you build contact forms for client websites, you may be forcing that client to comply with multiple privacy laws. Rather than avoiding discussing the importance of privacy policies with your clients, try out Termageddon, the auto-updating privacy policy generator. The best part is that Termageddon gives web agencies a free set of their policies forever in the hopes that you like their product and use their reseller or referral programs to help your clients get protected too. Your clients get protected, you make more recurring revenue. Go to termageddon.com and click the agency partners page to receive your free license today. And A-B split test. Do you want to set up your A-B split test in record time? The new A-B split test plugin for WordPress will have you up and running in a couple of minutes. Use your existing pages and test anything against anything else. Buttons, images, headers, rows, anything. And the best part is that it works with Elementor, Beaver Builder, and the WordPress block editor. You can go check it out at absplittest.com. Okay, we will be back next week for a podcast episode. As this was an episode in which I was chatting to David Wormsley, next week will be an interview with a product, probably a product creator in the WordPress space, something along those lines. And then in a fortnight, two weeks time, we'll be back for the next in our series of the A to Z of WordPress. If that's not enough for you, we'll be back on Monday, wpbuilds.com forward slash live. 2 p.m. UK time, we'll do the live version of the show. You can find that in the Facebook group or at the URL I just mentioned. And then we repurpose that and put it out on Tuesday. Go subscribe. Get all this content for free. wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe. Okay, that really is it for this week. It only remains for me to say, I hope that you have a nice week. Stay safe, I will fade in some dreadful cheesy music and say bye-bye for now.